Hi, I'm Kathy Rhodes. I'm an executive leadership coach certified with John Maxwell and an upper level leader of a direct selling company. I get to teach and coach on leadership and practice what I preach with my growing team. You know, it's no secret that every person in the world is unique. Each person has unique strengths and talents. It may be similar to another's, but it's not quite the same. If we know this, then why do we get frustrated with ourselves when we try something the same way somebody else did it and they succeeded at it, but it doesn't work for us? We are forgetting that our strengths and talents make us different. We need to be thinking differently to cater to who we are. When someone or something says no to us, let's get excited about that challenge. Let's lean into it. Let's find our yes. This podcast will challenge your thinking and your habits. We will challenge you to go for no so you can be blessed with a yes. Welcome to the podcast that will challenge you in thinking differently. Welcome to podcast number six, part two of Knowing Behavioral Styles. I am Kathy Rhodes, and my guest is back with me again. Thank you, John, for joining me to share this powerful tool. Well, thanks again for inviting me. Apparently, we didn't do so bad the first time, and you invited me back, so I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Awesome. Okay, well, last episode, we talked about behavioral assessments, particularly the DISC assessment. Now, in that session, we defined each quadrant, and chances are you found yourself within these descriptions. Yeah, I I invite you to go back and listen to that episode number five if you need more details, if you need a refresher. During this current episode, we are going to talk about how to connect with people in any quadrant. That's right. And before we get too far along the journey for this second episode, um, we have a caveat and we want to make sure that we share this. There's a thing called the Barnum effect. And it was coined by P.T. Barnum, who once said, a fool's born every moment. And what that is, is that when we're told certain behavioral things about ourselves, uh, we tend to let it stick. Uh, a, A case in point is your horoscope. When's the last time you read your horoscope? If you remember, the very first thing that you read was bolded, and that was your sign. Leo. I'm Leo. I'm a Taurus. That's me. And automatically, we subconsciously, everything below our sign, our name, whatever that may be, we automatically attribute it to us blindly. Because you put my name on there. Right. Absolutely. Assessments can be the same way. Now, I know this kind of sounds counterintuitive. My point is, is that assessments can be a very, very valuable tool when you're talking awareness, it's, it can be detrimental if you make decisions from just the objective statistics from it, because there's a lot more behind the scenes. So in other words, don't hire somebody based on their DISC assessment. For the love of everything holy, don't hire or not hire someone just because their score on their assessment. Did I say that strong enough? (laughs) Because there's so much more there. But again, we've said this in, in the first part, it's a starting point. It's, it's where we can begin to understand behaviors. So be very mindful of the Barnum effect um, because we see a lot. In fact, my senior thesis in college was based on personality tests and I 
gave 50 tests out to faculty, staff, and students, and asked them to answer all these questions, told them I'd have the results in two weeks. Two weeks rolled around, I gave them the results, and I asked them to score me on a scale one to five, how accurate it was. Average was 4.3, some comments. I can't believe how accurate it was. How did you do this? The bottom line was I gave everyone the exact same results. Did you even read their answers? I didn't. <laughs> In fact, when they gave me the answer, I already had their results. But what did I do? I bolded their name at the top and gave some type of superficial um, subtitle or something like that. And everyone, oh, this is all me. No, it was everybody. Barm effect in effect right there. So be mindful. And again, starting point, everything we talk about is a starting point. Tonight. Well, I think what we're going to talk about here today is really where the gold comes with, with the DISC assessment. We talked last time of describing and we, we tried to figure ourselves out and I'm sure you figured other people out as well. But now it's about how do I use my awareness now? How do I use what I know to truly connect with somebody and be productive? within any team or any project that I'm a part of. What you just said right there should be the theme of tonight, and that is to connect with our audience versus communicate. And those two words people might look upon as synonymous, but that's so far from the truth. When we're communicating, we're sharing a thought. I got an agenda. I want to convey that to the person who's listening. When I'm connecting, I'm listening first. I'm trying to hear what that person is saying and also how they're receiving it. So this is where now we get into the application of the DISC assessment or any assessment. Just tonight, we specifically are targeting the DISC, DISC assessment. So we begin to understand how they receive, what language they talk, and then now I'm going to pivot my language so that I'm speaking what they're what they're familiar with you know your senior thesis almost sounds like a psychological uh game <laughs> this isn't it really isn't we're not playing any kind of game here we are truly trying to connect and sometimes we have to speak their language to have that connection spark absolutely you think about it, certainly we're not trying to be manipulative right or to right. push our agenda or or to get ahead but we have an illustration that that's fantastic in live training where we put someone, we put earplugs in a participant and then we put headphones on the participant and we give them a direction on what to do. And in this case, for those of you who might be in a future class, this is what we do is we tell them to sit down. Well, they can't hear us. They, they don't know what we're saying to them. We put our back to them. We talk louder. Their ears are plugged. Right. They are like deaf. And I'm trying to communicate with them. I'm telling them what to do, right? But they're not receiving it. They have no idea what I'm saying. But only when I go to the chair and physically show them to sit in the chair are they able to do that. That's connecting. It isn't about my language, my verbiage, what vernacular I'm How using. How smart I am. Oh my Share gosh, my yes. intelligence. It is, it is not about that. It's about connecting with our audience. Okay, so let's go through each of these four quadrants again. Let's talk about the motivation within each person or within each quadrant, the fear, and then finally some connecting tips to make it make it spark. Absolutely. So we'll start with the Ds. Okay. And uh, remember, Ds are fast-paced, 
outgoing and task oriented. Very dominant, very decisive. They're doers, they're direct, they're demanding, they're determined. Remember you said that internal motor is that sports car at the stop sign, right? They, they gotta go fast. Lead follower, get out of the way. <laughs> and I don't feel bad if I run you over. It's collateral damage. It they happens. Shouldn't, they shouldn't have been there. It happens. <laughs> All right. The I is outgoing and people oriented. So what I love what you said last time, they're not the life of the party. They are the party. They are the party. <laughs> they are very inspiring. They're in the moment. They're they're somewhat sporadic because they're so in the moment. They're very interesting and you never know what they're thinking. They are fun. They are fun and they make you feel comfortable in uncomfortable social situations. Yeah, um, you said that they, you never know what they're thinking. They will verbalize everything. <laughs> Eventually in, you'll know. <laughs> including what they think you're thinking. <laughs> Even if you don't ask them, they'll, they'll talk, but they are the life of the party, but they're also the wingman you want. Or in, like you said, you want to be their wingman in a social setting because the greatest thing they offer is potential. They have the potential of being exactly the person you need in exactly the right situation. They're very good. Fast paced still, mm -hmm. but more people versus the task that we saw in the D. The next one is the S, the steady, the safe, stable, sweet. Mm -hmm. Somewhat shy, a little quieter. They're more steady paced. They are very people focused. They have a lot more emotion, empathy, they have a lot of feeling behind everything they do. Without the S's, there will be less love in this world because they have the best hearts. But another thing that I said earlier, but I want to go back to, they're steady. They are the greatest teammates because every day at work, you know what you can anticipate from them. You don't see much of the roller coaster ups and downs. They're just steady. They're, they're solid, wonderful teammates. And then there's the C, very compliant, cautious as well, calculated. They are very competent and careful. Here again, we're in the steady paced area. Now we're more task focused. And the, the, these competent, intelligent people cross their T's and dot their I's. They know every single detail of whatever it is they're talking about. They are the deepest of the deep thinkers, and, and they're just wired that way. They will call in the editor of a newspaper if the punctuation is wrong or something is misspelled. Because why? Not because they're malicious or they're mean. It's because it's wrong. Because they noticed. And, it's wrong, yeah. and that's unacceptable. But So they're, they're reserved, task-orientated. They move a little bit slower. They're like the Prius, right? but they're so deep into the woods thinkers. Without these guys on our team, there's probably not a lot that's gonna be accurate. Or it might be about. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Instead of exact, it'll be roughly that area. <laughs> it's, we're pretty sure this is a good way. <laughs> oh gosh, you know what? I don't want my heart surgeon telling me he's pretty sure he knows how to do this. That's, that's correct, absolutely. So I think what we've done in this, in this short time of giving a summary of all four, is that each one is vitally important and one's not better than the other. Yes. I make sure I share that when I'm sending out the survey or the assessment. Listen, don't try to manipulate 
just say it what it is. You know, you in the mirror, what's the real you? Because every one of them have value. And throughout the day, you are in every one of these quadrants at some point. There is a major quadrant that you probably cater to most of the time, but depending on what's going on, depending on who you're talking to, you will move to all four quadrants. Absolutely. I think, and I know the statistic just because it's off the top of my head um, and I'm a D, but 100% D, fully D, that's it, is like three-tenths of 1% of the population. It just doesn't happen very often. So um, yeah, we carry all four of them around. But again, primary. What's your primary behavior? That is probably what you'll default when, you know, think of a habit. When, when I go back into my habits, I'm gonna to default to my primary quadrant. Okay, let's go back to the D. Let's talk about the D and their motivators and their fears. Okay, so the D, their primary motivation is getting results. Remember that check mark in the box and they're going to do it as fast as they can because they got that internal motor that goes and goes and goes, right? Their focus is all about the task at hand to the point where they can be abrupt or they can steamroll. I was talking to somebody the other day, by the way, John and I both have quite a bit of D in us. I was talking to somebody the other day who was talking about a project that, you know, more of a task they need to work on. And I asked how much time they were going to give themselves for this task. Uh, and he, he said, well, within the next week, I'm going to give myself three to four hours a day. And I thought, oh my gosh, Heck no. <laughs> that just that, My goal is to see how fast I can figure out a solution to this so that I don't have to do three to four hours of this every day for a week. That is my D coming out. What do you think his style is? Oh, it's got to be a C. Oh, he's absolutely a C. It's about finding all of the details. And I'm just about finding a solution that's good enough for now and let's move on. Sure, they were in their wheelhouse. Right. Whereas if you're like popping from one thing to the next, you're in the you're you're in yours. Right. But that opens up the door to something else that I really want to just spend a few moments on in each quadrant and talking about their greatest fear. Mm -hmm. Now, is it the boogeyman that keeps them up at night or what's hiding underneath the bed? No, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about of their greatest fear is the thing that kind of holds them up that they can't get through they will adjust their actions because of this fear all right so now i'm going to be really transparent and share an episode that i had with myself um, on my greatest fear so you know i'm a corporate trainer and i had uh, another trainer reach out to me and they were asking uh to get a hold of one of my powerpoints can you send me a powerpoint the greatest fear for a D is being taken advantage of. And I live that for that moment because what's the first thing? Remember, primary, first thing that comes to my mind is, why? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> are you going to steal it? Are you going to take it and train on it? Well, I'm not going to give you my notes. I'm not, you can't reteach it. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I'm, I'll give you a little bit to appease you. But you're going to take advantage of the situation. <laughs> How insane is that? This person is a wonderful person and probably want to learn did From you what? find out the true motive? They just wanted to learn more, <laughs> which isn't that the object of a trainer? Right. Because I have so many deep-seated things with the D in my brain, I totally forgot all that, and I thought about how is this going to impact me. So you see how your response 
if you would have assumed the best, you wouldn't have gotten a little uptight. You, you could have been offensive with the way you chose to speak with them. You know, think about somebody who's afraid of being taken advantage of and they ask for your PowerPoint. Why? What do you need it for? Well, how rude is that? <laughs> how rude is that? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. So we're as we go back through, we're going to talk about the motivators and the greatest fears. But really, we want to spend time on application of this stuff. How does it make me a better communicator? So for effective communication for a D, I know that I only have a, a few mm -hmm. moments of their time. Even if we have scheduled an hour, they're going to probably come in late. They're probably going to have to leave early. I have a few moments. So what do I do? And I better capture their attention because they will stay longer. They don't have anywhere to go. That's their scapegoat. Sure. Absolutely. So they will stay longer if they're intrigued and they're connected. So I got to be prepared. I got to make sure that I have supporting material, what I'm telling them. Because again, I don't know when they're going to lose touch with me. Right? I'm going to be running the race with them alongside them to keep up. Be very clear, brief, and specific. Don't paint a picture with a D. Because you, you once you lose them, they're done. Almost tell them the answer before you tell them details. <laughs> and this is where you, you actually can watch a D. If they come into your office or you go into their office and they lean forward on their chair, um, maybe clasp their hands. What do you got for me? Now's not the time to ask what you do for this weekend or, <laughs> or you got big plans for the holiday weekend or whatever. Get to the point because there's everything about them are telling you, let's go. So I have to get right to the point. Many times when, when you're around a D, and I'm saying this as a fellow D, many times when people are around Ds, it's intimidating because of their fast pace and they're hurrying you along just tonight. My wonderful, beautiful husband says, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's get things up. I just need to think for a minute. Minute. I just need to breathe for a minute. Can I use the restroom for a D? No. We got to get the task done because I have to go on to the next task. <laughs> tell we're, me family we're, secrets. <laughs> we're not supposed to tell secrets. <laughs> All right. So now let's go to the eyes. Okay. We're back to the eye. Inspiring, influencing, in the moment. That's right. Now... Their motivation is recognition. Mm -hmm. They love recognition. If the spotlight is on them, they're happy. So when I'm communicating with an eye, and how do you know it's an eye? Well, they're big. They're big in their gestures. I always tell Kathy, for an outgoing person, whether they're task-orientated or they're people-orientated, there's two keys that you look for. Are you ready for this? I'm dropping some gold nuggets to you. Pace and pitch will tell you if they're outgoing or reserved. Now, so I am looking for their pace and their pitch correct. to quickly define them. Is it 100% accurate? Nothing in communication is ever 100%. Nothing. But this is a good starting point. If I'm talking fast, which I am talking fast, and, and, and I get excited. And even big, you know, my gestures. So I'm, if you could see John right now, his arms are flying out. His shoulders went back. His chest went out. I mean, he he's, you know, big. That's the big description that John is, is defining here. And the pace is a lot of words per minute, right? The pitch is a fluctuation in their tone. So you hear this, and then I go like that. And then I got a lot of different pitches in my voice. That's a great indicator of 
um, if I'm outgoing versus reserved. So we talked about um, an I and their recognition. They will let you know they're an I because remember what their favorite word in the English language is? I. I, because that's who <laughs> they like to talk about. And generally, their gestures will reinforce it. How you do one thing is how you do a lot of things, all right? So that's their motivator. Now, their fear. Mm -hmm. What's their fear? Another, another um, R word. Rejection. Re rejection. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's like heart crunching, crushing to be rejected by somebody. Now, John and I both have a lot of I in us as well. So when this comes out and starts to play, it can be a very dominating, offensive rejection <laughs> that starts to happen. And it's tough. It's tough to even see it when it's in the moment. You'll know an eye is feeling rejected if you walk by and, you know, you're in passing and you say hi to two people, but you're not able to say hi. You know, you say hi, so-and-so and so-and-so and, -so and see you guys later. And then you walk by and then that person stops at your office the next day and say, are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you. I just noticed that you didn't say hi to me. Oh, they felt rejected. And I know it sounds silly and I might be a little dressed dramatic, dramatic here, <laughs> but my point is, is that if, if they sense rejection, um, you left them out for something or you didn't recognize them for something, they will harbor that. That's a big deal to them. So rejection is a huge thing. Now, effective communication with an eye. Remember, people or pace, pitch, gestures, all big. Um, they like a warm, friendly environment. If I know someone's an eye, I'm going to ask them a lot of questions about themselves. And the small talk is so critically important when you're with an eye. If you, you know, think of a salesperson. A salesperson probably is an eye. And when they walk into a stranger's office, they're so good at observing things on the wall or on the desk, and they'll start making comments and making conversation. And that small talk is so critically important for any eye that you ever connect with. If I have a client who I know is an eye, and our meetings are normally an hour, I'm scheduling an hour and a half because you're seldom ever going to stay on point. You're going to go down tangents, just realize, chase rabbits, however you want to talk about it. And I'm going to get them talking because at the end of that hour, hour and a half, if we didn't cover the five points I wanted to cover and all we did was small talk, that meaning went great for the I. Hmm. Oh, this was an awesome For meeting. the D, it's driving oh, me crazy. It's crazy, crazy. Okay, let's talk real quick. We had a D, which is task-focused, and we had an I that we just talked about that's people-focused. A D, let's talk about their trust and their like factor real quick. Before we move on, a D is going to, or I, I'm sorry, a D needs to like you before they trust you. Did I say it wrong? You did. Then you need to interrupt me. <laughs> Talk about this. Yes, absolutely. So um, when when we're looking at task-oriented people, and it actually attributes to the C's as well, they have to trust you, or in order for them to trust you, they got to, now you got me all confused. You have to earn their trust by proving yourself okay you know if you have a true track record of providing exceptional customer service after a period of time i'm going to kind of let my guard down i'm going to start liking you a little bit more whereas an i 
They love people. Unwavering. They man. love you without anything, without knowing anything about you. If they like you, they will trust you, and you you can ruin it by them, you know, by not liking each other. But it's all based on their like. You have to prove yourself to a task oriented person. So that's a D and a C. And a D and the a C. The proof has to come. Correct. The I and the S. They love people. They love you. And if you do something at a later point that shows otherwise, okay, they'll change their mind. That's but at right. first reactions, they're they're in with you. So to wrap up the I, if I'm communicating effectively with them, I don't want to deal with a lot of details. They don't care. They're living at a 30,000 30, foot level. But if there's something important, I want to make sure I write that down so that they can peruse it at a later time. Uh, so leave <clears throat> something behind <laughs> yes. for them yes. to look at later and review or reflect on later. Yes, the, you don't ever want to just smother them with facts and figures. Remember, they're complete opposite of those C's that are very detailed. So they're going to reference something later that'll be approximate or about, yeah. and it'll be so far off <laughs> that they better have some documentation to bring them back on track. And make sure with an eye, you let them drive the conversation. Be in charge, let them be in charge of the conversation because they feel empowered. You're, you're, you're kind of yielding to them. So that's the eye. Okay, now let's move down to the bottom half of this grid where we're talking more of the steady-paced people. So let's talk about those S's. And, and S for steady and safe and secure, sweet, little shyer. You know, what, what's their motivator, John? They like safety and security or harmony. Peace and harmony. Peace oh and my harmony. gosh, what is 2020 to them? Oh my goodness, it's, it's chaos. Okay, I gotta stop right here and tell you though, most of the world is an S. 30 to 35% of the world is an S. So here we are in the middle of a pandemic where there is no safety, there's no steadiness, there's no security. Every day is a different decision. It's chaos. It's chaos. And there's a lot of anxiety that most of the world is feeling. And remember an S doesn't mean that they can't accept change. It just it takes them a little longer to marinate on it before they buy into something or they change directions. So if we've got this fast-paced world that's changing constantly, this is not a good formula for a lot of C or an S's. doesn't mean they can't get on board. It just will take a little bit longer. Okay, so it reminds me, I, I signed up for Babbel, which is a, an online tool to learn a new language. So for the next year, I'm going to dig into Portuguese. And the reason is, is because my sister-in-law, that's her native language. And I want to communicate with her family when I meet them all in a year. Oh, when I am listening to this app, talk to me, I have to take a good 20 seconds to figure out what they said and almost spell it in my head and then define the word so that I know how to respond. And I think of like the S's and the C's. Sometimes when the fast paced D's and I's come in and they're going so fast and they're talking so fast and their mind's going so fast and they're slapping off assignments, the C's and S's look at those D's and I's and go, I can't even define what's happening here. Right. You need to slow down. Now, does it mean that I shouldn't have C's and S's on my team because they can't keep up and they're just not proficient? No. Mm. It means you better understand their brain right now, and you have to give them time to absorb it. And we talk about the importance of nonverbals. If a D walks up to an S who's sitting down and they just start into it, the very first thing that you would witness the S is they lean back. They're like, whoa, buddy. 
You can literally see that all the time. So we just need to be mindful, i.e. this connecting part. So um, the greatest fear for an S is that loss of security that you were talking about. They need that security. If an S is going to work and knows what to anticipate from the day they punch, or from the moment they punch in to the moment they punch out, awesome day. But you spring some su surprises mm. on them, then all of a sudden they lose their security, the predictability, and that is not a good formula. I know there's many companies out there right now that have already said you are not coming back to work in the office until next June, June of 2021. For a D and an I. Oh, that's so frustrating. Why not? Come on. We can, we can make a decision last minute for an S. Love it. Love it. Love Thank it. you. I have state safety. I have security and stability. For predictability. The next, very much predictability for the next eight months. Perfect. Let's move forward and we'll learn more next year. All right. Application time with an S. Now watch what I do here because so far in this podcast for about a half hour, I've been talking at about 200, 225 words per minute. That's fast. But if I'm talking to an S, all of a sudden, I'm going to slow down. Oh, you quieted down too. You notice my pace and what? Pitch. Pitch. Ah, oh, there it is. There it is in, in, in effect. I'm going to slow down. Because if I come at a C or an S like this, all of a sudden, they're going to be like, whoa, you're steamrolling me again. And they might. They might cry. They, they might. Shut down. Shut down. <clears throat> they might walk away. They might just be done with you so you present your communication softly and non-threatening you ask a lot of questions on how to draw their opinions out because an s's strength is when they get talking the more they talk the more they may open up and you do not want to interrupt them because you may not allow them to get back to that point so the i's and the d's you have got to chill out and not steamroll. You know, with the S, with the pace, with the thinking that needs to happen and that analysis that's really happening here, a D can make decisions on the fly. And if it was a wrong decision, I'll make another one here in two minutes. And they just keep flying through life like that. An S just isn't going to make those, those, the quantity of decisions or the speed of decisions. But when they do make a decision, it's gold. It's been well thought out and it's truly been it truly is the, the choice that is the best. Yes, absolutely. You want to begin the conversation with a personal comment or a personal question like, tell me, how was your weekend? What did you do this weekend? You know, allow them to get talking because what that does is that warms the room up and it makes us feel more secure. So now let's just kind of wrap up the S's and we'll start with the C's. But remember, in order for me to effectively connect, not just communicate, but connect with an S, I want to make sure that I don't force them to respond quickly. You got to go at their pace, even if that pace is softer and slower. Make sure you do that. Don't be domineering or demanding because they will shut down. They will feel violated, right? Yeah. And then also, finally, don't rush headlong into business. Allow that time to try to warm the room up get them talking that is very important just so, like the eyes the social connection is important something with an s though is it may not be as comfortable as an i it may be a little steadier of a pace and sometimes it just may be awkward in a way 
because it just doesn't match you or it doesn't match the environment you were in. That is the warming up the room. I like how you said that. It's, it's warming up every person so that that brainstorming and that connecting can be that much more dynamic. It's not optional. It's mandatory, it, especially if you want to have them as a client. Because remember, they have to like you before they ever trust you. And you've got to spend some time investing in them. So that's the S. Let's go to the C's. Okay, so the C is somebody who is very compliant. Uh, rules were made for a reason, so please follow them. Oh, and these people probably made the rules because they wrote the policy handbooks. <laughs> They're very cautious, very calculated and analytical, uh, competent, careful. Anytime I work with any C, anytime I'm describing what a C is, these are the people that will just stare through me while they're listening to me. They won't smile. They'll have no facial change in any way. They're just analyzing what I'm saying, and they're deciding if they want to agree with me or not. That's exactly, exactly right. And they also have three fuels, okay? Their motivating factor is quality answers. they got to be right. they got to have accuracy. Um, value, what I'm going to be doing better have some meaning behind it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time and I can't see through that. And then, yeah, absolutely 100% correct. We talked about this in the last section on you want to pick a fight with a C, tell them that they're wrong. Oh, well, that's their fear. Criticism is their biggest fear because sometimes they are wrong. Or sometimes they just don't know the answer. And that is so uncomfortable for a C. They, they almost show a lot of crazy emotion when they don't know the answer. You know, for a D and an I, obviously, especially for a D's, because let's just call it for what it is, their egos, they don't like to be told they're wrong or to be criticized. Here's another C word, critique. They don't like being critiqued. The C's don't. Um, we, it's water off our backs. We can go on to the next one and not get hung up. But you tell someone wrong, they're wrong or you criticize their work that they spent so much extra time doing, it's kind of tough for them to, to move on. They want to justify exactly what they did, why they did it, when they did it. And they're not going to let you go until you nod your head yes. So this is a tough one. For, for a person who has high C qualities, it's tough to... Uh, dummy things down <laughs> for, for better words here. It's, it's tough to simplify things. I was talking to a computer technician one time and the words he was choosing were so over my head and I'm pretty tech savvy. I've been in the computer departments. I've worked in computer departments, but he was so detailed and so technical that it was so far over my head. I made a comment and said, just tell me the basic idea. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because his world is detailed. And you know, when I said, hey, you know what? I need to just talk to the end user and I need to just give him an idea of what to do. And he's like, yeah, but it's not right. <laughs> well, but the end user doesn't really care about the other details. And really, it doesn't matter that they do care. Right. And they can have the tendency to be pretentious. Use those big words, right? We call that red language. Um, because that's language you, the client doesn't need to know. We don't need to know about the Sarantino ratio when we're talking about your three-year investment. Okay, so that means nothing. And what you're doing is you're driving what you know instead of what you want them 
or what you want to know about them. You know, when you think about any connection, I need to connect with you. I need to almost serve you, you know, customer service here. I need to serve you. That's, that's tough if we stay focused in our world. Correct. And that is not what it received. Thus, it's just not a productive or connective conversation. So we've been talking about the C and how, um, how they talk to us. Now let's talk about how we can be a good connector with the C. If I'm going to go to someone who I know is a C, reserved, task-oriented, I want to make sure that I'm accurate, I'm realistic, that I'm prepared for it in advance. I'm bringing my documentation. Remember, a C is objective. They live in a world of facts and figures. So what do I need to do? I need to speak their language. I need to come with concrete evidence that, you know, this is what I would like you to do. And this is why I think we should do it. And, and what I just said, you don't use the word I think, mm. okay? I'm. This has been proven to get the results we want. You have to speak confidently because they're going to question everything. Be okay with a C to pull out a calculator and check your work. It's not that they doubt you. They want to know how you came up with that so that they can learn. So a lot of times we think the C as cold, but really what they're doing is they're calculating. They're figuring out themselves. Now, something to understand as well is a C, as well as somewhat of an S, they're verbal processors. Okay, they are going to talk through, especially a C. A C is going to share all the details with you. Because they like the details and they that it's like they're telling the story to get to the point. They can't just tell you the point. They're going to tell you the story so that you fully buy in and fully understand. Now, how does this sit with a high D or high I? Just give me the answer. Right. So you know, when you're in a, in a meeting with one of each types of, of people, you have to give this time for the conversation or for the sharing of details or for the verbal processing. That will get you to the best result in the end. But if you make them, make them think and answer too quickly, they're going to freeze. And the answer isn't going to be well thought out if an answer is even given. And if you listen, again, everything speaks. Everything speaks, even the words they use. If you hear someone using the word, I think. Ooh, it's not a C. Versus, I feel. Ooh. Okay, that I feel... That doesn't resonate. So just listening to the words help. So I feel would be an S or an I. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the facts would be that that C coming through. Correct. Absolutely. So that is, in an essence is the synopsis of the D, I, S, and C. How we're communicating with and how they ideally can communicate with us. Remember, slowing down and everything. Um pace and pitch and, and your gestures. Everything everything speaks. Okay, I have a scenario for you. Yes. I want you to share share your thoughts and share the possible dangers. I worked with a leadership team who the majority, probably 90% of the people on the team were a high D. There were one, maybe two people on the team that were not a D. They were an S, maybe a C. What are the repercussions from that? Mm -hmm. Oh, a lot of internal fights. It's So you better get rid of the S and C is what they came up with. Oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. First of all, um, I, I can be quite honest um, because I've had this conversation. My leader and I are both high Ds. 
And when we go on trips together or we're in front of clients, I know because of his position, he's, he's a leader. I need to take my D and step back because you don't want two Ds kind of buying for control of a conversation because what you do is you get those two fists popping together and, and it just, it, it's awkward. Well, it's no different than in marriage. You and I have very strong D qualities. And when we fight, we fight, we fight, <laughs> we fight well, we felt fight loud. It, there's no, there's no accomplishment. There's no one winning. If, if a D does not have an awareness from other groups, they would look at a C and an S as weak. Yes. And, and, you know, the natural selection, the, the weak lose or get eaten or whatever, that's simply not the case. A true team looks at things in four different perspectives as it applies to the disc, right? Each quadrant looks at things and there's value there. My goodness, without that S, there will be no love. And I know in business, you don't want love, but there will be no kindness. Without the C, you really think the Ds will be accurate in what they're doing? Wow, that's so wrong. You want all quadrants represented. Yes, for a full balanced team and for a productive team, you do. You need every quadrant. Nobody is better than the next. And you need to understand when to give more time, when to speed things up, when to have details, when to allow the stories to be told, when to have some fun. Mm -hmm. Because to be honest, we are all in every quadrant at some part of the day. All right. So I want you to strap yourself in, put your seatbelt on, because I'm about to drop another nugget on you. Another valuable nugget that you can utilize in any environment. And that is this. Remember the four quadrants is outgoing, reserved, task-orientated, and people-orientated. Now, here it is. 10 to 20% of all workplace conflict, and I'd even say at home as well, conflict is a result of an outgoing person having some conflict with a reserved person. 10 to 20%. 10 to 20% of the time a conflict occurs, it's because you're dealing with an outgoing person versus a reserved person. But here's the thing. It's usually kind of minor. can overlook it. You didn't take the garbage out of time. Or, or oh, that person is so loud, but that's just who he is. He's a good guy. I, we overlook that. Yeah, it may not be our wheelhouse or our language, but we can overlook it. 80 to 90% of conflict is a result of task-orientated people or task-orientated versus people-orientated. And that's usually always major. And that's possibly unforgivable. It, it's, it's very hard to, because remember, you, now you factor in the Ds that have egos, right? And maybe the Ss who are easily hurt or something like that. This is a big deal if, if you have a task person and a people person and there's conflict that can be a pretty big deal. So here is a great illustration for this. Eight years ago, we found ourselves in the emergency room because this wonderful, handsome husband next to me, his arm was hard, of it, hard as a rock. That's kind of weird, right? Can't even keep your wedding ring on. That's kind of weird. Yeah, because everything was swollen up. Well, that little ER visit did not release you from the hospital for a whole week. During the ER visit, the, he had a certain doctor that started all the tests, all the right tests that needed to be done. And at one point he came in, we still have no idea what's going on, 
this doctor came in and said, I'm just getting off my shift, but I wanted you to know we found out why your arm is hard as a rock. It's a blood clot. And the reason you have a blood clot is because you have a mass in the middle of your chest on your vena cava vein, and it's probably cancer, it's probably lymphoma, but the next doctor will do more tests and let you know for sure. And then walked out of the room. Now, let me tell you, if you've never heard that C word related to yourself or your spouse or your child, what do you think is the reaction we had? Now, let's just for a moment pause and look on the other side. If the doctor would have come in and said, greeted me by my name versus he mispronounced my name. Well, that kind of did happen because right when the doctor left, the nurse came in. And what did she say? And what did she do? A, a lot different, you know, versus the ability of coming in and saying, Mr. Rokes, first of all, you got my name right. Thank you for being patient. Acknowledge how long we were in the hospital. Um, we figured out what was wrong with you. What you have, we believe, is non-Hodgkin's mediastinal lymphoma. That's the technical term, right? But then she went farther and said this. What that is, is you have a mass growing over one of the arteries that are bringing the blood back to the heart. And it's being, it's being kind of crimped. So the blood's not coming back and in. And it's causing your brain to swell up. But don't worry, because we've had a lot of success with this treatment that we're proposing to you. It's about an 80% success rate. But in order for this to happen, we're going to be very aggressive and we're going to start chemo immediately. So tomorrow morning, I'd like you to come in, report 6 a.m. and we'll start our first round of chemo. That part of the conversation took, what, what did I just talk? Maybe 30 seconds, maybe? And it changed the whole dynamic of the conversation versus the doctor. That was all about the task. Well, what did the doctor forget? That I was a person. There it is. He was probably a high C. He said, I'm getting done with my shift. I got to check you off my task list. I'm telling you what's going on. We got these tests done, right? Task, 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 task. He forgot he's talking to a person. That's where 80 to 90% of issues happen. Conflict happens within people. It doesn't take much longer to have a conversation that involves people, but it does take a little more preparation if that's not your natural tendency. Absolutely. And what we need to, all right, so in a perfect world, everyone we meet, we can ask them to take this assessment. We can sit down, we can do invest, investigating on what's the right primary behavior you have, but we don't have that luxury. So we have tools. Remember pace and pitch is always a great indicator. People if you have. still, if you still don't know this, Here's our recommendation. Do you want to take it or you would, would like me to? Go. You're right. on a roll. Treat someone like a person first and navigate to the task as necessary. Now, I know, folks, that that sounds so parochial that you had to listen to a podcast to say treat a person like a person. We're amazed how often I, let's, mm -hmm. let, let me just go inside me, I forget that. And I'm all about that check mark. Treat everyone like a person, slow down, ask about themselves, and then navigate. If we have to get to the stuff that we have to get to, 
We'll get to it. Versus the opposite that is a lot less forgiving. If you don't know somebody, if you're you know just first connected and you're trying to feel them out, you're not going to go wrong with focusing on the person very quickly. If they're task focused, you'll know it and you can quickly navigate to that realm. You're not going to offend someone by asking them how their weekend is. They may say, oh, it was great. Now, what do you have for me? That's exactly right. I know they're either a D or a C. Right. Probably a D because they're a little fast right here. So now I got to cater my movements, my words, my approach toward them. But they're not going to get offended by you asking them how they're doing. Versus if we go right to business and we leave, all of a sudden that S or that I thinks, wow. That was rude. Now I'm a number mm. and not a person. Ah. Okay, you see where that changed. And it's just something very simple. So hopefully this has been valuable. You know, one thing that I do know for sure is, is okay, we've spent two episodes here teaching you a lot of details. And by the way, we haven't even taught you everything. <laughs> There's always more. You, you've got a great foundation and you have to review this often, especially when you're in the heat of a situation. If you're, if you're conflicted with somebody and you're not connecting and you're not getting a project done, you have to constantly revisit this content and remind yourself who you're dealing with. When I coach with different people and there's, there's issues we're talking about, this is one of the basics I always go back to. And I ask them, what style is the person you're talking to? And as you know, within two minutes, there's usually an aha moment because I forgot to think of them and what their preferences are and their motivators. I forgot to put myself in their shoes and relate to them. So this isn't just a one and done. Oh, that's good to know. This is a constant review that you have to remind yourself so that you're ready in the moment. Because when it's hot, when, when, when emotions might be rising, you don't have time to relearn. You better have some of this under your belt. We've taught all across the country. And I'll tell you, this lesson is one of the two foundational courses that we've, we've known to, to train on. The other one is emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. which really kind of go hand in hand with each other. But once you understand the behavior of your audience, you can now begin to navigate your conversation to connect. And isn't that what it's about, folks? It's all about connecting with others. It's about people. That's right. That's right. So, John, thank you. Thank you again for partnering with me to share this tool. This has been awesome. This has been awesome for you inviting me. Thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to Caddy's podcast. Well, I look forward to connecting with all of you again next episode where we are going to talk about knowing generations. Ooh, another hot topic. See you then. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world-class. Please follow this podcast. Follow Unity Consulting and Chef Kathy on Facebook and share this with your friends. Visit us on our websites too at unityconsultingllc.com and kathyrotes.com. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.